This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada, Zacchino and Weeks with you today on a Wednesday edition. It's funny, we're going to have a few more Wednesday editions actually this year as we will double up in major weeks. And it's a bit of a double header really today as well as Golf Talk Canada from uh, this morning from 10 to noon on TSN Radio and iHeartRadio, the TSN mobile app. And then at 1 p.m. on TSN 2, you can catch Bob, myself and Adam Golf Talk Canada Television, uh, TSN2 at 1 p.m. this afternoon as it's an all Golf Talk Canada Wednesday, Robert. (laughs) How are you doing today? You're going to get sick of hearing me and you talk about golf on this Wednesday. It is a little uh, unusual, isn't it, on a Wednesday? I sort of had to adjust the schedule a bit and kind of kick my mind into uh, how the conversation is going to change a little bit, too, because usually on Mondays we come back and we're recapping everything that happened. Not that we won't do that, but we've already got – we've got – tournament play going on today as well yeah we'll look at that uh to your point bob uh actually in hour one today we'll kind of go through the brackets on what you know what what's currently going on and who we like potentially coming out of some of these these pools as we are in golf's version of march madness um and you know i actually let me start there with that bob are where are you now that we've had several years of this, I guess this is more of a World Cup format than a March Madness format in the sense that we've gone to pool play and then the winners from each pool go into the sudden death. This looks more like a World Cup, more so than what it used to look like in terms of which was a pure March Madness where, you you know, you've got 64 guys and 64 becomes 32 and then, you know, it's, it's do or die out of the gates. Which one do you prefer now that we've had several years to digest this? Well, you know, there's a, there's a few things at play there. One is, of course, I mean, I, I love match play. I love watching match play when we have Ryder Cups or President's Cups. I love it. Um, I think it's very entertaining. However, for television, it always has the possibility of disaster where you could have a, a big whitewash, a sort of uh, Tiger Woods-Steven Ames kind of match that would not make for great television. And I think, well, I think it would be better to go with sort of a March Madness format where it's 64 to 32 to 16, on and on. Uh, you're, you're just simply not going to get all these players who are going to show up for for one match and go home. So I think this is sort of a necessary evil of formats. Uh, it's not a bad format overall. You get some good games going. You get some upsets. I kind of like when they have to have the little sudden death playoff with two guys who weren't necessarily playing against each other in the most recent match. But um, it is it is the the format that works the best and therefore... I think it's the easiest one to handle. And when you do get down to the single elimination after all the uh, the pod winners have been declared, it, it gets a little tense as well. So that's not bad. Yeah, I kind of look at it the same way that, that you look at it as well. Like in a perfect world, I love the old format. I love the one and done, sudden death, pure March Madness format in a perfect world when it works. And, and you know, and that's the kind of the caveat when it works. It, it, so when we get you know Rory McIlroy versus Dustin Johnson in the final, or Sergio Garcia against John Rahm, and it goes to the 18th hole, and you know, I mean, 
that's when it's fantastic. To your point, though, Bob, quite often, you know, it's you've got uh, Mark Zucchino against Bob Weeks in the final and nobody cares, and, and it, or it ends really early and there's like this yeah. two-hour window to fill. So I hear you. I hear you. It's it's a, probably the best we can do and, and a bit of a necessary evil, so I'm with you a thousand percent on that. Uh, busy show. Uh, Adam not with us this week, but Adam's going to jump in an hour or two and join us from the airport. He's on his way down to, I believe, Naples, Florida for a member guest. So we'll find out where he's off to and get his take on a few things that have transpired in, in the last few days in the world of golf. We'll talk a little Sam Burns still because it was an impressive win at the Valspar. Amazing how sometimes with these younger players now, their ball striking is just so impressive and they hit it so far. It's just, it just simply comes down to, is this the week they marry the putter with the rest of their game? And I'm not trying to say that Sam Burns isn't a special player. He's won three times now on the PGA Tour at the eight, and he's only 25 years old. But I mean, Bob, you and I could probably sit here and go through, including Corey Connors would be on that list, and go through a list of guys that are supreme ball strikers that, hey, if that's the week that their putter lines up, they're going to you know, potentially win the golf tournament. That just seems to be a group of guys out there. Sam Burns, certainly one of them. Uh, we'll get uh, you caught up on leaderboards in the world of golf, winners, weird, and what. Uh, but first, let's get to some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Two things off the top. Uh, one uh, in, in bright news and good news. I'm on location this week at Casa de Campo. If you watch our TV program later today, you'll see me on location here in Casa de Campo. I'm here for a reason. 20 weeks of tailor-made news will be out next week on how you can officially win and why I'm here, it's going to be the biggest year ever, over 30000 now in prizing. We are giving away starting Masters Week. We'll have official announcements next week and why I'm here in Casa de Campo. Uh, Bob, in much sadder news, uh, the golf world and community still kind of on, on edge uh, uh, due to the, the horrible news that came out of the, uh, the, the University of Southwest last week uh, with uh, uh, that, that Texas, uh, 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 it happened in Texas, I believe it was last Tuesday, uh, where that 13-year-old behind the wheel of a car uh, took out a group of uh, college players, university players from the University of Southwest men's golf team, uh, two Canadians on that team, lucky to be alive, uh, right now, Dayton Price in Mississauga, Ontario, and Hayden Underhill of Amherstview, Ontario, both in critical con- critical condition, lucky to be alive. Thoughts and prayers, of course, with them, the family. I know the golf world is rallying, Bob. I know that Golf Talk Canada, TSN, uh, Golf Canada, etc. The list is endless of, of, of people that have tweeted out the two ways that you can support uh, these families if you'd like to get involved, but I mean... Uh, just a horrible story. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that the Canadian golf community has kind of rallied behind them. The Canadian golf community isn't really that big when you think of it. It's it's a big sport and it's played by a lot of people. But the people who sort of organize it, who are at the, I don't know, the top level of it, I guess, are, are all pretty close. We all kind of know each other and you know, or you, if you don't know one person, you know someone who knows them. And and I did I don't pretend to know the, either of these two uh, young fellas, but they they played at uh, clubs that we know of, the Cataraqui in Kingston and Mississauga Golf Club here, 
just outside of Toronto. And a horrible story, although thank goodness they're, they're still alive. They're in critical but stable condition. A um, lot of burns to their body. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff they're going to have to go through, obviously. And these GoFundMe campaigns have been, have been a huge success so far. I think over $250,000 has been raised uh, between the two accounts. Uh, we've had, as I said, the golf community, people in the golf community, Golf Town, RBC, uh, you know, Golf Canada Foundation, all these kind of people have donated. And then, of course, we have players. And, and last weekend, Nick Taylor and Mac Hughes both said that they would donate $500 for each birdie that they made, which they did, uh, which was great. Even Bryson DeChambeau stepped up and, and had heard of the story and, and made a donation to the, to the GoFundMe uh, campaign. So it's, it's touched a lot of people. It's touched a lot of Canadians. It's touched a lot of people all around. And you've got to think that people like Bryson, like Mac Hughes, like Nick Taylor, you know, who played collegiate golf probably were in a similar situation as those guys having played in a tournament and got, on the, the, got into the van for the long drive back to campus. So I think they can relate to it. And, uh, and anyway, we're, we're just going to pull for these guys and hope that, uh, hope that we can see them back at a golf club very, very soon and maybe uh, back playing someday as well. Yes. Uh, again, uh, our thoughts, our prayers with them, and hopefully we get some positive news uh, from from this shortly um all right bob the schedule is out <laughs> the super golf league the saudi golf league uh kicking off canadian open week in london uh 54 hole tournaments no cuts team format individual format nothing but a, a ridiculous boatload of money no players named yet uh players still lurking in the shadows yet to step out uh, from their dark, uh, dark places uh, hiding within the golf community at the moment. So we don't know, really know who's a part of this at all. Uh, a couple people hitting up you and I on Twitter last week asking us to have this chat on, uh, on radio about how it might affect the Canadian Open first and foremost. I'm of the opinion that this doesn't affect the Canadian Open at all. Uh, I, you know, if, if you're interested in playing in the U.S. Open and you want to get ready for the U.S. Open and you want to play another national championship and play a great golf course and be a part of a great championship, you're going to choose the Canadian Open for all those right reasons. There might be a few names that are recognizable to the Canadian golf fan that are years past their prime that really don't add strength to the Canadian open field. Maybe some rain, uh, name recognition at best that, that might choose to go play in this facade in London, this charade. Uh, but with the, with, but, but that to me, that's the extent of it. Uh, where are you on this? Yeah. Uh, listen, this is going to be the first event of, the new series, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they're, they're sort of uncoupling each event. So it's almost going to be run like the Saudi golf tournament that's existing right now, where a player who's on a PGA tour might be able to apply for a release to go and play a one-off event if he so wants to, at least that's my kind of interpretation of what they're doing. Again, the date against the Canadian open, I don't think it has any real effect. Uh, if you are if you are a player who wants to gear up for the U.S. Open, are you going to play a tournament that's an hour flight away on a course that's more classic, similar styled, um, that treats you well, and you're going to be, you know, you're just going to hop on the plane on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening and fly to Boston for an hour flight and get ready to the U.S. Open? So there's that factor. The fact that this is going to be the very first of the of the the live um, 
invitationals. I think also a lot of people who might consider playing in it would might want to take a step back and say, okay, let's just see how this first one goes before I jump in there. And, uh, and so I think there's that wait and see, which, which is okay. And I think you, you, we've also overlooked the fact that RBC has uh, done a great job in attracting players <laughs> by whatever means it is. It could be some, some under the table money or some, whatever they do. And that's, let's not kid ourselves. Pretty much every golf tournament on the PGA tour entices the top players to come to their event. And I know they've been at a couple of tournaments, some of the representatives there trying to lure some of the players or talk to their agents. So I think you'll see a very strong field at the RBC Canadian Open. And any players who decide to go and play over in, in the, the tournament in Britain, I don't think will miss them that much because of the strength of the field that, that will be at St. George's. You, you know something else that we really haven't had the opportunity to chat about much, uh, Bob, uh, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it much on, on our television show this week either is the fact that we have yet to really gauge or take the temperature of what corporate fallout will be for players that choose to go play in this. Now, in the past, we've seen RBC remove shields from players like Dustin Johnson when they've chosen to do it. We saw a complete corporate exodus from Phil Mickelson in his fallout, what what has transpired in Phil for the last month. And we don't know, Bob, out of those corporate entities that left Phil in the dust and walked away, we don't know how many of them walked away because of his association with this golf league or they walked away because of his statements about the PGA Tour and the way he went about doing things. Uh, I mean, some of these people, obviously, it's a combination of both. But I got to believe, Bob, for some of these players that choose to go do this, there will be sponsors that choose to walk away from them. Most definitely. You know, you got to figure most of the contracts that are signed between players and sponsors are based on specific things, such as you are going to play X number of PGA Tour events, and it'll specify PGA Tour events in there, I'm sure. So, you know, once, once you aren't playing on the PGA Tour, the sponsor has the ability to, to, to end the contract, and I think that's what will be in play. And as you said, corporately, a lot of companies, specifically we know RBC, don't like to have their names attached with tournaments in Saudi Arabia. So they've pulled the shields, as you said, off Dustin Johnson, off Gray McDowell. They're the two that I can think of who've played over there for that one particular week. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see if a player decides to go full-time over there, what happens. And on the other side, it'll be interesting to see what corporations line up with the new league. We understand that there are some significant corporations who said, you know what, we, 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 we want to get involved with this league. So um, we'll be interested to see if, if on the other side, maybe there's some gains, not necessarily for the individual players, but for the actual league itself. All right, we're running a little late here in segment one, so we're going to hold back Phil Mickelson. Bob, on the other side, we will talk Sam Burns, hear from Sam Burns and Duvalspar, and we'll also talk about the big news from Phil Mickelson again this week. Currently, Phil Mickelson listed as a past champion at the Masters who is not participating. That was a big shock to the golf community this week. We'll get into that next as well. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Nice uh, back-to-back top tens for Adam Hadwin coming out of the Players' Championship and Valspar Championship. We're going to get into the Canadian golf scene, including uh, Adam, Brooke, etc. in hour two. So we'll take a deeper dive into Adam Hadwin's performance. It's been a long road back to seeing some positive results for Adam Hadwin. So we'll chat a little bit about that in hour two. Bob and Mark with you today. Uh, Scully on his way to a member guest in Naples, Florida. We'll hear from Adam in the second hour and get his take on a few things. Before we jump into the Phil Mickelson conversation, Sam Burns, Bob, gets the Valspar victory. Uh, you know, off the tee, he hits it a mile. He's, you know, he, he, there's not a shot I don't think he doesn't have, but the putter can leave him on to- at times. The putter did not leave him this week. Look at the putting stats. He grabs the victory. How many guys could you and I put in a bucket and describe this way on the PGA Tour? <laughs> the number of, number of great ball strikers versus the number of great putters uh, is certainly certainly weighed at, uh, at the left side of that as opposed to the right side. I mean, a great putter, as we saw from Cam Smith the week before at the Players' Championship, can overcome some bad driving. So uh, it's, uh, it's definitely where, where Sam Burns fits, though, is in that one where if his putter, putter uh, cooperates, he's in a good space on the leaderboard. Uh, Sam Burns with his third victory already at the age of 25. Let's hear from the latest winner on the PGA Tour, Sam Burns. The last couple weeks, um, I've tried to conserve as much energy as possible. Um, And all through today, just trying to make sure that I never got kind of too high or too low and just try to stay kind of even keel. And um, to see that go in, I mean, it just, that's just what I felt. Um, And, you know, the last time I was in a playoff, the WGC in Memphis, um, hit a really good shot on the second playoff hole to six feet and hit a, thought I hit a pretty good putt and it lipped out. So that stung. That one hurt a lot. Um, so to be able to make that putt, uh, it just it felt like it looked. You well, know, sometimes they lip out and sometimes they lip in. And this week they certainly lipped in for Sam Burns. What a wonderful moment in the playoff uh, to bury that putt for the victory. Okay, Bob, the big news this week. It seems that Phil Mickelson just can't stay out of the golf news. Um, currently listed as a past champion, not participating in the Masters. Were you surprised? when you received the news that as of now, not playing in the Masters. So one, was it a surprise to you, knowing what we've seen in the past, i.e. Tiger choosing to come back at Augusta, the media has a little less access, the fans are certainly a little bit more respectable and under control, that Phil has chosen not to come back. Do you think, Bob, that there is a suspension of some kind in play that we're unaware of? You know, Jay Monahan did suggest in quotations, when Phil is ready to come back, we'll have that conversation. This, mind you, is run by Augusta National and their tournament committee, not run by the PGA Tour. So I don't know if those dots even connect. And I guess the third part of this question, Bob, to you is, if he doesn't play at Augusta, 
we're only a month away from him defending his PGA Championship after the Masters, a month out to the PGA, uh, his PGA Championship from last year at Kiwa Island. Could he choose not to defend his PGA Championship? Boy, there's a lot to unpack when we, when we found out this news. And uh, <laughs> going, going with your last question first, yeah, I think there's every reason now to believe that he will take a pass at the PGA Champion. PGA Championship, uh, becoming the first person since I think Ben Hogan in 1953, a healthy person not to defend a major title. I think right now Phil is kind of in exile. Now, whether that's a self-imposed exile or whether it is a PGA Tour suspension exile, we'll never know. But uh, even though the PGA of America, which runs the PGA Championship, and Augusta National, which runs the Masters, don't have to adhere to those rules set in place by the PGA Tour, I think they would do it. I also think there's a possibility that maybe the folks, maybe Fred Ridley, you know, the chairman of Augusta National, reached out to Phil's people and said, you know, it would kind of be a bit of a distraction if, if Phil shows up this year. It might uh, sort of overstep everything that we have planned for the Masters this year and our return to our first full Masters since the pandemic where there's going to be a full crowd and no masks and, and all that. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of possibilities of why this happened. But the end result is still the same. Phil is not playing in the Masters. I, I honestly don't think he's going to play in the PGA Championship because I think he would prefer to play the Masters in the PGA. Now, I know there's going to be a, a month gap where things might settle down a bit, and you're already starting to see from some of the players who spoke out quite harshly some softer comments about Phil saying, okay, he's apologized. Maybe we can let him back into the fold here. But whatever whatever's going on behind the scenes, Phil is just basically um, in the in, in the the safe house somewhere and and not rising up. We we haven't seen anything. We haven't heard anything. We don't know what's going on with Phil, but we do know that he will not be at Augusta National. Well, Bob, it got me thinking, and I asked you this question on our TV show this week as well, uh, which is on today, one p.m. on TSN two. Uh, it got me thinking. If Phil doesn't play the Masters, then I'm I'm doubtful. I am very doubtful that he'll try to defend his PGA Championship. And then it got me asking myself a question: Who plays on the PGA Tour first this year, Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson? And I sent it out to our Twitter universe, put out a poll question uh, just about an hour before we went on the air. And as we currently speak, Bob. 72% of our Golf Talk Canada Twitter universe thinks that Tiger Woods, 72% thinks Tiger Woods will play before Phil Mickelson on the PGA Tour this season. And Bob, we should mention right now, Tiger currently not listed on that same list as Phil. Tiger currently not saying that he's not going to play. Is there any outside chance Tiger plays the Masters? And if you had to pick one, Right now, Tiger or Phil, who's going to play first? Who would you pick? Okay, let me answer the first question first. Um, there is some, some history with Tiger Woods deciding whether he's going to play or not going to play at the Masters, and he usually makes his decision quite late in the game. So I don't think the fact that he is not on that list where Phil Mickelson is is of huge concern right now. I don't think that means that... Tiger has decided exactly what he's going to do yet. I still do not think we'll see Tiger at Augusta National. Um, 
I do, however, have a strong feeling that we may see him before we see <laughs> Phil. Now, now, if if let's say Phil's next appearance is on the Live Super Invitational or Live Golf Invitational, that would put him at the same time as the U.S. Open. Um, I I think Tiger. I don't know. I think. I mean, I think Tiger. I had sort of pegged to come back at, at the old course at St Andrews, but that's going to be in July. Uh, I still think that Tiger might play before Phil. That would be a really interesting. He might do it just because he wants to come back before Phil, just to spite him. But you know what? Uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you think? I haven't heard your answer yet. What do you, Bob? Think? I'm with you. I, I'm starting to lean that way too. I'm starting to lean. I still think he comes back at the Open Championship. I think you nailed it very early in this process. You said he comes back at the Old Course for the celebration. I think you're bang on. I think that's when he plays, and I don't think we see Phil for a very long time. I don't think we see Phil till possibly we have closed the door on this season. Not necessarily the year, but definitely this season on the PGA Tour. It's starting to feel that way. I don't know. I really don't know, but right now, Tiger feels a lot closer to playing golf on the PGA Tour than Phil Mickelson does, but time We'll certainly tell. On the other side, Bob, you and I, we got to do our pools. We got to get into this pool group play at the WGC match play. It starts today, and there are some very interesting pools. Bob and I will break it down for you on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. And now, a moment of silence to remember our dear friend. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, man. Life can be uncomfortable. Your home doesn't have to be. With a wide range of heating, cooling, and water heating solutions, Rheem makes it easy to feel comfortable even when you can't be comfortable. jeez. Oh, really? To learn more about how you can keep your home comfortable no matter what life brings, visit Rheem.ca. I often get asked, why PC Express Online Grocery? Answer, fast and convenient. We got a message about PC Express being the ultimate time saver. Hey PC, since I switched to ordering my groceries through PC Express, I get my life back. I have a toddler, so I do a lot of running around. It's just one quick pickup. Thanks. Sounds like you have your hands full. From over 130,000 available products online to same-day pickup or delivery, PC Express is just one of the ways we make things better. Start your order at PCExpress.ca. And the Oscar goes to... Grab the popcorn and join all your favorite stars for the biggest night in movies, the Oscars. Get into it Sunday, starting at 6.30, only on CTV, or stream live on ctv.ca. That's it. No more yard sales. That guy 
only offered me 25 cents for my beloved dogs playing poker picture. So sorry to see that go. There must be a better way to spring clean. Shorncliffe Disposal Services. Their garbage transfer station and disposal bin rentals make spring cleaning quick and easy. Well, I'll head over with the stuff from the basement now and rent a bin so we can get started on the attic. Don't forget dogs playing poker. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Let's go. Shorncliffe Disposal Services, 51 Shorncliffe Road, Etobicoke. Your job. The job of company purchaser. The job that you do. Obtaining the stock and supplies your company needs to conduct business. That's one of the most underappreciated jobs in any workplace. Everything doesn't just show up. You make that happen. We understand that. We're Ontario Packaging Centers. Anything and everything online to supply any company of any size. Ontario Packaging Centers. We know what you do. Starting tomorrow, let us help you do it. Boost your business's bottom line by adopting new digital strategies and technologies. Get access to expert advice and apply for up to $15,000 in grants at canada.ca forward slash digital dash adoption. A message from the Government of Canada. The group stage will be set. Some mouth-watering matches ahead as we find out which nations face off in the biggest sporting event of the year. The FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 Final Draw, Friday, April 1st, only on TSN. Also stream with TSN Direct. As the fighting continues in Ukraine, thousands of people are fleeing for their lives, forced to leave everything behind. You can help them. Your donation to the Humanitarian Coalition will provide food, water, shelter, and medical care to the people of Ukraine who urgently need it. Call 1-855-461-2154 or donate online today at together.ca. That's together.ca. The Humanitarian Coalition. Together, saving more lives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. WGC Match Play, Austin Country Club in Austin, Texas, is the stop this week. It's a Wednesday start. This is a long one. Five days of uh, match play, pool and groupings go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we break it down to the one-and-done elimination rounds on Saturday and Sunday until we crown a champion. Keegan Bradley, one-up uh, through two holes on Jordan Spieth, is the only match on the golf course as we speak, and Justin Rose and Adam Scott are currently teeing off on the first hole, so we have a long day of golf, golf and matches ahead of us. But, Bob... Let's break this down pool by pool, starting with Group 1. Uh, John Rahm, Patrick Reed, Cameron Young, and Sebastian Munoz in Group 1. I went with John Rahm as one of my edge picks this week. Not necessarily because I think he's putting well enough to, to maybe win this. He's going to have to find his putter at some point if he's going to win this championship, or for that matter, any championship. But his ball striking, Bob, is so good. He almost wins weekly with a cold putter. Sooner or later, he's going to start making some putts. I just can't see him not coming out of group one. Who do you like here? Yeah, I like John Rahm. He actually commented in this press conference this week about how he's getting sick and tired of people asking him about his putting. And he says his other stats are so good that it makes his putting look bad. And there is a little bit of something to that. Uh, but, but really, when you, when you break it down, maybe not so much in, in match play, but he really only needs to sink one or two more putts around for him to, to have some huge impact. 
Yeah, very much so. And I, and I do suggest, I, I do understand what he's saying. In comparison to his ball striking, it, it's hard. <laughs> and when you hit that many greens in regulation, uh, it's harder to make putts, obviously, when you, you know, you've got 20 feet for birdie all day, you know? So um, that kind of leads us into group two. Colin Morikawa, talking about a guy who hits nothing but greens, maybe the best iron player on the planet. Jason Kokrak, Sergio Garcia, and Robert, Robert McIntyre. I love Morikawa. You know that, Bob. And I, I say watch out for him when we get to Augusta this year. But I think this might be a couple weeks early for Morikawa. And I don't know. There might, To me, there might be an upset brewing in Group 2 because Sergio Garcia is quietly playing some very good golf right now, and he loves match play. Uh, I picked him in my edge picks that we'll see on uh, television this afternoon. And I, I like Sergio, as you said. He's not playing spectacular golf, but he's playing very consistent golf, which in Sergio's world is a little unusual. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you just look at his record in match play at Ryder Cup and, and you think that he's got to have a really good shot here, perhaps pulling an upset. Interesting group in group three. You've got Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Tringali, and Sepp Straka. Obviously, Hovland, uh, the class of this group, but been struggling lately around the greens, occasionally with the putter. It's just, could there be something here with Zalatoris obviously playing well? But Zalatoris can look like he's putting with a live snake at times as well. Obviously, if I... You know, Hovland jumps out at me. I'll probably go with Hovland here, but it's not a it's not a huge thumbs up right now with Hovland because of the short game issues. Where are you with this group, Bob? I'm sort of leaning the same way you are. I'm thinking that there's an outside chance Sepp Straka does something here. Don't forget, he just won his maiden tournament a couple of weeks ago, so he's obviously playing pretty well. But I think even with his deficiencies, Victor Hovland is a pretty powerful force in this group. Group four, Patrick Cantley, Sun J.M., Seamus Power, and Keith Mitchell. Now, Patrick Cantley hasn't had the start that he's wanted in this calendar year. That being said, still one of the best putters on the planet, still one of the best players on the planet. Seamus Power had it going a few weeks ago, was one of the hottest players on the PJ Tour, has really cooled off as of late. I think Cantley's a slam dunk in group four, Bob. Who are you going with? Yeah, I think he's an overwhelming favorite in this group. He's hard to beat at the best of times, as we saw last year in the Ryder Cup. Last year, coming down the stretch in what was essentially a match play format with Bryson DeChambeau in that playoff. Uh, I think you got to go with Cantley in this one. Now, what happened in Group 5, Bob? How did Scott, Scotty Scheffler wake up with Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Flutewood, and Ian Poulter? He's got three Englishmen and a Scotty Scheffler. It's like an American and three Englishmen walk into a Group 5. That's the start of a bad joke. <laughs> I think Scheffler's playing the maybe as good a golf as anybody on the planet right now. Uh, Fitzpatrick can be a dangerous guy. Fleetwood, there's still nothing but question marks. Poulter, we all know what he does in match play, but but come on, he's a, he's a much older version of himself now. I think Scotty Scheffler walks out of Group Five. Interesting. I think you know I don't know. Scotty Scheffler is that great player. He is a good played really well. I, I'm going to have a sneaking outside chance maybe for Fitzpatrick, who's uh, I think. A, Probably one of the more underrated players in the game right now. Ooh, calling upsets here. I love it, Bob. I love it. Okay. Group six, Justin Thomas, Kevin Kisner, and Mark Leishman. But at some point, Thomas, he's going to have to make a putt if he's going to win this group against Kiz. Kiz is the bulldog. We know he won this uh, in 2019, I think coming out of something like the 48th spot 
in the ranking. And, I mean, he is just a tiger when he gets into this match play. I, I'm going to pick him in this one. Another upset for you. Oh, I like that. I like that. Another upset. Okay. I like that. I think I'm going to go with Kiz here as well. I think um, just Justin Thomas has played a lot of quality golf lately, giving himself chances to win. But, again, I mean, you've got to make putts when it counts in match play. Group 7, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, Lucas Herbert, and Takami Kananya. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, I have no clue in this group, Bob. I think Xander's obviously the best player in this group, but, I mean, he's had a very sluggish start to the season. Where's he been the last few months? Tony Finau, the same thing. That huge win in the playoff for Tony Finau. We're all waiting for his second victory of his career. We get it at the Northern Trust. And then he's been absent. Can anybody come out of Group 7 with any kind of momentum? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Xander Shoffley would be the easiest pick because the other, as you say, the other guys, we don't either don't know enough about them or Tony Finau has sort of been MIA. Takumi Kanaya, the only thing I know about him is he's got two five irons in the bag, apparently, for some unknown reason. Actually, what? One, what? He's carrying, he's carrying what two that? five irons. One apparently, one apparently goes a lot further than the other. But, but it isn't. That's, a, that's about the only. Iron. That was about the only thing I could find on him when I was looking up his uh, his bio. So, but I think I think we're safe with Shoffley on this one. I got two. What do you carry? I, I don't carry a four iron. I carry two five irons. Why? Well, one five iron goes further than the other. Well, sir, that's your four iron. No, no, it's my second five iron. Okay. All right. Unbelievable. Group eight. I know you and I both love Dustin Johnson this week. Um, you know, what can you say? Uh, 5-0 and at the Ryder Cup, former uh, champion in this event. Um 63 course tying record at the players championship last week. And I like it because he's trending in the right direction, Bob, but you know, he still has those moments where it's like almost like his, he has a brain freeze and he tunes out and he kind of disappears. I think you can get away with that a little bit more in match play than you can with stroke play. So I think this is setting up for a DJ group eight win but he's got some uh, guys to go against here. Max Holmuck has played some good golf this year. we got Mackenzie Hughes in this group. Matthew Wolf, who knows? I mean, if you can predict what Matthew Wolf's going to do next, then you've got a crystal ball. So, But to me, I know you like DJ as well. I like DJ. I think he's finally sort of settled into a groove now. He loves the new driver from TaylorMade. He said he had a lot of distractions on his plate last year. He called it a frustrating year. Uh, he's getting married in a couple of weeks, so maybe that's the biggest distraction he's got to go with. But look out for Mac Hughes. Don't forget, we were talking about great putters do do good things. Mac Hughes is one of the best putters in the game right now, so uh, he he might provide a little action there as well. All right, DeChambeau, Gooch, Westwood, and Bland in Group 9. DeChambeau, we don't know how healthy he is. I'm going to go Gooch. I'm going to go Gooch as well. DeChambeau with a hip and a hand injury so yeah you're right he's he's just an unknown figure at this point group 10 Ustazen, casey connors and norin oh this is a weird one i i'm gonna go Corey connors i think uh cory connors or paul casey comes out of this i i don't like usti right now i'm gonna go with connors i would like to go with connors i think i'm gonna go with casey he um he's been playing well of late had a good run at the players championship and he took a, a week off to rest up so he'll be ready for this week 
All right, we're going to take a break, Bob. We'll come back. We'll finish our group poolings. We'll get you caught up on some, uh, tee you up on hour two of Golf Talk Canada. Coming up on the other side, Bob and I are going to pick this up with group 11 as we are halfway through the brackets here. In fact, in group 11, Jordan Spieth and Keegan Bradley are part of that group. They're on the golf course right now. And Keegan Bradley still has a one-up lead on Jordan Spieth early in the WGC match play. We'll continue bracket talk on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Playgolf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakito and Weeks with you here. Actually, Adam Scully is going to kick off hour two with Bob and I. He's on his way down to Naples, Florida, playing an event. Uh, down that way. I think it's Naples, Bob, is where he's going. Yep. That's what the Im- impression I'm under anyway. Uh, group 11, let's continue our WGC talk here because we've only got about five uh, or six minutes here to wrap up hour one. Jordan Spieth, Bob, is on the golf course. He has tied his match against Keegan Bradley. The group of Spieth, Scott, Rose, and Bradley. I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Spieth in match play. Be Probably pretty frustrating guy to play against. Who are you going with in Group 11? You know, I went way out on a limb with this group. I actually picked Keegan Bradley, having watched him at the Players' Championship a couple weeks ago, and he was Mm -hmm. playing so well, and he was actually putting really well. He finished inside, I think it was the top six in his last two starts in putting. And don't forget, he was was the first guy to win a major championship with a long putter uh, back at the PGA Championship uh, way back when. But he's managed to kind of convert himself into a regular-length putter guy now. So that's just a, it's a real long shot, but that's what I went with. All right, group 12, Horschel, Peters, Hoagie, and uh, Minwoo Lee. I think Horschel's a slam dunk here. I know you like them in your edge picks. Yeah, I think so. I think he's playing some really good golf. He actually had to withdraw from the players with a sinus infection. But other than that, he's, uh, he's been playing some really good golf last couple of months or so. Now, Group 13 was a hard one for me, Bob, because I went with with Tyrrell Hatton, and I went with Hatton because he's uh, statistically the best putter on the PGA Tour in strokes gain category and maybe flying a little under the radar. Three really good starts in a row, but Daniel Berger has been playing fantastic, but I'm kind of going on the, hey, at some point, Berger's going to have a, a down week and a letdown. After what happened to the players, after what happened at, a, at the Honda, I think Daniel Berger might be looking for a week off, so I went with Hatton. I agree with Hatton. I think, as you said, uh, leading the tour in strokes gain putting, that's always a good stat to be number one in. And I think, as we said uh, countless times here in the last block, uh, good putting wins in match play. I think Group 14 is super interesting, Bob. you got Joaquin Neiman, who's already won Young Six Sensation. Kevin Na, who has not had a great year, but can be a really fantastic putter. Russell Henley, who has quietly played some very good golf this year in Maverick McNeely. Hard not to go with Neiman, but this is a, a quietly very solid group. It's, it's one of probably one of the two toughest groups that I had to pick from. I did end up going with Neiman just because I think his form of late has been really solid, and 
Um, he used to be sort of a hot and cold kind of guy. You never knew which guy was going to show up, but because he's evened that out, I, I picked him. Group 15, Abraham, Answer, Webb Simpson, Brian Harmon, Bubba Watson. I say put the names in a hat, pull them out. I really don't like anyone in this group, Bob. <laughs> I think Brian Harmon may have the best form right now coming into it. He showed some good results. He played well last week. So I, I just picked him like you, though. This was this is one of the toughest ones to pick in this group. And our final group, Group 16, Brooks Kepka, Shane Lowry, Harold Varner III, Eric Vinroyan. You know, they've all kind of been playing. Uh, Lowry, Varner, and Royan playing kind of pretty good golf right now. Kepka, obviously the biggest name in the number one seed. This is a very difficult group as well. Brooks Kepka has been just so hot and cold this year. I kind of shied away from him. I yeah. went with Harold Varner III because... As you said, he's been playing some really good golf, but both <laughs> Lowry and Van Royen have, have also played good, so it's an easy, uh, it, easy you could pick any one of this, the guys in this group and probably have a good feeling about them, but I went with Varner. And just to recap, Bob, our TSN edge picks, which we'll get deeper into on TV this week, I went with Rom, DJ, and Hatton. You went with DJ, Horschel, and Garcia, correct? That's correct, yep. Those are my picks. Amazing, my memory. Still in 24 <laughs> hours, I can remember that. Don't ask me who we picked, any of us, who we picked by Thursday afternoon. I will completely have forgotten. I'll be texting Adam in his member guest. I'll be texting him going, Adam, who do Bob and I have again? Like, that's it. Getting old. Beautiful. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. All right, speaking of Adam, on the other side, we're going to be joined by Adam Scully. He's going to jump in. He's on his way to a member guest. We'll get some of his takes on... Uh, who will play first, Tiger or Phil? I know he wants to jump in on that. I know he has some uh, things he wants to uh, get off his chest. And you know, Adam, Bob, he gets very bold with his Tiger prediction. So I wonder if Adam is willing to predict that he thinks Tiger pegs it up at Augusta. There are people this morning on social media thinking that's coming. I am not one of them. But there is <laughs> certainly a, a, a voice out there saying that. Um, next week. Formal announcement, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is back. Next week, we will let you know how you can win, how much we're giving away. It's over 30000 this year in TaylorMade product, and our huge grand prize announcement as well. And the reason why I'm doing TV and radio this week and next week from Casa de Campo, our friends at Casa de Campo, I'm down here. It's Absolutely beautiful. One of my favorite places in the world to play golf. Absolutely outstanding. I'm going to try to go out this afternoon and play golf. I have yet to play since I arrived. Just been too busy working. Uh, but hopefully we get out there this afternoon. But again, there's a reason I'm here. Next week, we're going to let you know. So stay tuned to a big 20 weeks of TaylorMade announcement coming to you next week on TV, radio, and social medias. Social media channels, not only from ourselves, but our friends and our partners at TaylorMade Golf Canada. On the other side, winners weird and what? Canadian golf update, leaderboard update. But first, we'll kick it off. We'll uh, chat with some Adam Scully talk on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. 
thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino and Weeks with you this week. However, however... Live from Pearson International Airport. I believe that's where he is. I'm assuming, Adam, that's what airport you're flying out of. And you are off to Naples, member guest. Is that accurate? Gentlemen, good to be here with you this morning. Yes, I am at Pearson right now, sitting in Terminal 1. Fairly busy, uh, I have to say, this morning. I am off to Florida, yes, flying to Fort Myers, and then off to Bonita Springs from there for the Palmyra Member Guest Invitational. I've been doing a lot of training with the new Stealth Driver, trying to, you know, get that speed training up, hopefully hit as many fairways as possible. Ha, who are we kidding? Hopefully hit as far as possible on every car floor (laughs) and go from there. But in all seriousness, looking forward to being down in the south for a couple of days and uh, enjoying some time in Florida. All right, Adam, let's jump into this uh, right off the top because I know you love this question. I threw it at you and Bob as a surprise yesterday in our Golf Talk Canada TV episode, which airs today at 1 o'clock on TSN2. And I threw it out to our Twitter universe today, Skulls. I said, who will play their next event first on the PGA Tour? Tiger Woods? Or Phil Mickelson, and right now we're only about an hour and a half into this uh, into this poll. Tiger Woods leads the way at seventy-two percent. In hour one, Bob and I kind of chewed the fat on this a bit, and we kind of both circled back on Tiger Woods. We're not a hundred percent sure why. It just feels like Phil is so far removed. If he's choosing not to play Augusta. I mean, you start to assume the fact that, well, I guess he's not going to defend his PGA Championship, so we're on the Tiger train. So my question is to you, who plays first? And if it is Tiger with you, are you still with Bob and I kind of around that summer, around the Open Championship? Are you going to get bold and aggressive with a Tiger prediction right here, right now? Okay, so right here, right now, I'm not feeling so bold on Tiger per se, you know, 15 days from right now in the first round of the Masters tees off. I'm not quite there yet with Tiger. But, I mean, with Phil, we thought, you know, through all of the, uh, the comments he made, uh, all of the, his sponsors backing out, we all sort of presumed that he would still play the Masters, right? But now it appears that won't be the case. Uh, you know, you think about Phil, too, and, and the fall from grace he's had. You know, what was it, 10 months ago, he surprised the golf world in a huge, shocking way, beginning the week with 200-1 to 1 odds and going on to win the PGA Championship in absolute shocking fashion. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Tiger does tee it up first. I'm still, like you guys, probably circling around that July 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews at a relatively, you know, flat golf course. The walk, as I've heard, uh, is is easy in, in terms, you know, comparing to other courses on the circuit. 
but it still is Tiger Woods. We've seen him make many comebacks before starting at Augusta National. And yes, this injury is very different than anything he's ever had uh, before being where it was in his leg and how he almost lost his leg. I'm saying Tiger maybe for the par three contest come Augusta National. But hey, it's Tiger Woods. You never know. It would be awesome to see him tee it up uh, at Augusta. I just don't see it happening. But to answer your first question, I still say Tiger over Phil, which is still shocking to, to, to really think about. It, it is kind of shocking because you, you think of it, Tiger is injured and we talked talk to him at the Genesis Invitational where he said he still had a long way to go. Phil is not injured, at least not physically. <laughs> he might be a little bit emotionally injured at this point. And I just don't know. It's sort of so hard to kind of try to, try to pick which one of these guys is going to come out. Time does heal a lot of things. And so maybe in a month from now, we're a little less uh, harsh on Phil and maybe he does. He's still apparently listed has uh, entered into the PGA Championship, but that's sort of the default situation where he's listed like he was at the Masters as being in until he tells them otherwise. But um, in, in, do you think that the, the golf world is starting to soften a little bit on Phil, Adam? Yeah, you, you know what, I, I kind of, I, I think I am. And, you know, you mentioned the golf world there. Even Rory McIlroy had comments where... Uh, a couple weeks ago, or was it last week, when he said, you know, everyone makes mistakes. We all, we want to see Phil back out here because Phil has done so much uh, for the game of golf. I, I think it has softened a little bit. And guys, you know, don't forget, of course, Mickelson's had a lot of controversy throughout his career, both on and off the golf course. You think on the golf course, you think the 2018 U.S. Open third round, he misses a putt. It's going 10 feet past the hole. It's going to go 20 yards off the green. He says, ah, you know what? I'm just going to put it back while it's still moving and causing so much controversy. And, and people forgot about that. I, I remember, Bob, I think you were there on location in that media scrum where there were, what, 200 reporters around Phil Mickelson saying, what on earth were you thinking? And he was, he gave this calculated, ah, I just didn't want to go all the way down, yada, yada, yada. Come on, Phil. So we've seen him go through controversy before. And I, I think eventually, whenever he does come back, I'm guessing it's going to be maybe not the PGA Championship, but at some point this summer, you'd think he's going to play golf. People eventually, in my mind anyway, will uh, eventually forgive Phil Mickelson. Here's the problem I think we're at, guys. Uh, you know, Adam... <laughs> Here, I guess here's my question for you, because I think we're at, a, at we have a situation on our hands. People love a comeback and people tend to forgive. And Rory was accurate in his comments that people are allowed to m make mistakes. And let's not forget everything Phil has done for the game. And, and it's OK to forgive. Here's here's the conundrum. Have we got an apology yet? <laughs> people love to allow people to come come back. People always tend to forgive. Almost anything they are willing to forgive. But it comes with an apology. And more often than not, they want a genuine apology. And throughout the years, we've even potentially forgave people when the apology sounded scripted and wasn't necessarily the most genuine. But at least there was an attempt. I don't believe... We've got an apology yet. We've got an apology to the Saudis for calling them scary fill-in-the-blanks, because we can't say that here on the air, what he actually said. we got an apology to the Saudis. We've got, uh, I was only looking out for the players and the good of the game. We've got some kind of fake defense reasoning. But do we have an apology? Do we have ownership of wrongdoing? I say no. And until we have that, 
can we forgive and move forward? Adam, where are you? Do we have an apology? And can we just forgive without one? I absolutely say we do not have an apology. Whatever that scripted thing that, that Phil and his agency, I'm sure, came out with, what was that, a month ago? That was, like you were saying, the most least apologetic statement probably ever released. And we've talked about so many times, Phil on social media, whenever the time is right, Phil, just turn your iPhone camera on and talk to the camera and put it on social media. You've done it so many times before, talking about you know, your thumbs up going to the masters and hitting bombs and hellacious seeds and all that fun stuff. Just turn your phone on and give a genuine apology. He's, he's known for you know, his entire career on the PGA Tour as this you know, fan-friendly guy who you know, can relate to the fans in, that, in, in some ways and, and is, is popular in that sense. Even you remember uh, after the, the Tiger Woods scandal back in 2010 when you know, Tiger came out uh, at PGA Tour headquarters in front of that blue curtain and gave a very scripted apology, but it was still an apology. Phil's statement was not an apology at all. So whenever the time is right, I do expect him to come out, well, be it w whether it's on you know, a social media or Instagram, whatever, and you would think anyway, give some sort of apology for everything that's gone on. Here, here's another part of this whole equation that we really haven't touched on yet, and that is Phil is one of the most beloved players on the PGA Tour by the fans. You go to a PGA Tour event, a major or otherwise, and very few people garner the attention and the love, the outpouring of love that Phil Mickelson does. You know, he gives that thumbs up as he walks along in between shots all the time. He signs tons of autographs afterwards. And I wonder what the fan reaction is going to be when Phil next tees it up. What do you, what do you think, Adam? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. And, and I, I always make, I'm, so there's a bit of an announcement going on here. Hopefully you can't hear that too much. But I, I, I'm, I'm always on the comparison, you know, thinking back to Tiger Woods in 2010. When, when he hit that first tee shot at Augusta National uh, in that first round in 2010, there were some you know, airplanes going over with, with some signs, signs that weren't too nice about Tiger, what, he, what he'd done uh, uh, with the infidelities, infidelities and such. I, I am curious, you think back to that PGA Championship 10 months ago where you know, he's walking down the fairway with thousands of fans chanting, Phil, 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 Phil. I still think he, that first tournament, I, I don't think he'll be booed but I think it'll be more of a subdued reaction anyway, at least for the first tournament. But it's, you never really see golf fans boo unless you're at the Ryder Cup, really, do you? It's, it's a bizarre conversation. And, you know, Bob, you're right. We, we haven't really touched on what the fan reaction. I'll go back to the fact that I don't think we're going to have a positive fan reaction unless we get a, a genuine apology uh, I think it starts there. And I'm curious, guys, about what the long-term effects are here uh, looking in a crystal ball in the future. Um, will he ever be a captain of a U.S. Ryder Cup team? Will he ever be a captain of a U.S. President's Cup team? These were things that were slam dunks for Phil Mickelson. These are things, dominoes, that were naturally just going to fall. And and these they, they were his rightful titles to own rightful positions to have moving forward and i and i'm just not so sure right now if those things are automatics anymore well it's going to be really really interesting to watch this unfold okay adam before we let you go um i need to know what's going on with yourself and your numbers before because there's it's crazy so you sent me something the other day by text i think the number was 359 or something crazy like that so i need to know what is going on with this driver? So I know you've got the new Stealth 
plus in the bag. Mm-hmm. Is there a new shaft as well, or did you put pop your shaft from last year into this head and it was just automatic to automatic, or did you get in a new shaft as well? Like, give me the update here, because all I see is 359, I start scratching my head. Yeah, okay, so a couple of things. Yes, it is the same shaft as last year. It's some sort of Ventus Black, I want to say 75X. Uh, I'm not the biggest tech guru, but I believe that those are the specs uh, with that. A 9-degree Stealth Plus. I've cranked the, the draw by radius a little further down, so it's closer to the draw. And I have made some swing changes. I'm, I'm trying to not... Uh, visual air on radio kind of hard to describe this but I'm not trying to essentially sumo squat at the ball you, you guys have watched me play I'm a little on the taller side and I tend to almost get in a goalie stance when I play golf and I'm trying to stand a little more upright a little taller and I think that with the combination of the stealth plus is creating some more ball speed now you mentioned the 359 I will say that I was at the Trackman uh, using the Trackman system at Bayview's uh, Country Club's new uh, system there and we were doing a long drive contest and uh, where that that's one of the the options you can do where, where you actually go on a long drive track and it's it's actually it's a very cool thing you, you get three minutes you get three minutes to hit six balls i kind of think it was juiced a little bit because my ball seemed to run at least 25 25 30 yards which it generally <laughs> doesn't do regardless 359 is 359 once i actually step onto the driving range hopefully in about five and a half hours I won't have a track man with me, but I will keep you guys updated on how the numbers go. But looking forward to using the Stealth Plus for the first time on the golf course as well as the Stealth 5-wood that I have in the bag, too. Well, Adam, play well. Uh, for Bob and I to hit at 359, we basically got a tee off on the runway you're about to take off on. That's our chances <laughs> of hitting at 359. So safe travels. Have a blast and uh, put up some pictures on social media so we can see uh, how things are going down there. Good luck. And uh, we'll talk to you Monday for, uh, for uh, Golf Talk Canada Radio. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Uh, really appreciate you taking the show today. And to all, we're on uh, TSN2, 1 p.m. Eastern, for our Valspar Championship recap show. See you then. You got it, Skulls. Safe travels. Bob, come on, man. 359. What, what, what are the, what's he feeding himself? What, what, what's, what's his diet uh, consist of to be hitting it that far? Might take me three swings to hit it that far. I don't know. <laughs> got to go cut him down on the red meat. That's all I can say. I, I just, I know, I have no idea. You know, everybody's getting longer, but me, I don't get it. So I'm hoping that this is the year I get longer with the stealth. So, you know, uh, but here's a problem, Bob, even if you and I get longer, everybody else is getting longer too. So we haven't caught up to anybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a major next week on the LPGA tour. We've got Adam Hadwin, back-to-back top 10s on the PGA Tour. Uh, one of them at the Players' Championship. A little bit of a backdoor, not a backdoor this week at the Valspar. We also have two Canadians that are in the field at the World Golf Championship, uh, WGC match play. And let's not forget Canadians in the field as well, Bob. In the opposite field event, just down the road from where I am here in uh, Casa de Campo, about 45 minutes to an hour east towards Pudicana. I'm in La Romana. The PGA Tour in town for the Corrales Championship, uh, the Pudicana Championship at Corrales. We have Canadians there. We'll get caught up on the Canadian story on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino and Weeks with you. World Golf Championship. Let's take a look at the Canadian snapshot, Bob, because there is a, it's a real big week in uh, Canadian golf over the next, uh, I guess, week and a half or so. Corey Connors will play Paul Casey in his first round match. That's group 10. That's 10.59 a.m. So uh, that is Corey Connors against Paul Casey. And I guess that is an hour behind us at 10.59 a.m. So 11.59 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Connors goes off against Casey in his first round matchup. And then Mackenzie Hughes at 2.06. Tough opening round, Bob. Hughes taking on Dustin Johnson. We both like DJ, but you know what? Is there anybody, with the exception of Jordan Spieth, is there anybody on the PGA Tour that can beat you with long bomb putting better than Mackenzie Hughes? Yeah, I know. And and the thing about those long bomb putter putts when they go in if you're the guy on the other side, they could be a little demoralizing. So it might take some wind out of the sails of DJ. Well, that that's what I mean. Like he'd be if 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 Mac, if Max starts rolling the rock like that, he could be a very frustrating guy to play against. Before we get to the Canadians in the field at uh, Punakana Championship, because there's an opportunity for the Canadians this week down here in the Dominican Republic, a real good opportunity for them. Before we get to that, Adam Hadwin, Bob. Back-to-back top 10s. I was a little, I was happy to see him top 10 at the Players' Championship. But I kind of looked at Adam's top 10 at the Players' Championship a little bit how I looked at DJ's Sunday 63. You know, finishing over on the front nine, not really contending in the championship. Good to see, still a nice finish. But I wasn't as high on it as his top 10 at the Valspar. Now with back-to-back top 10s, I think it's a real sign of encouraging uh, steps in the right direction. I know you've talked to him a lot. Uh, you know, he was in some pretty dark places, to, to your point, uh, wondering if all these changes he made were the right decision. And here we are about, I guess, almost just over a year later, and we finally see some positive results. It's, uh, yeah, he's come out the other side, and I can tell you, just his his demeanor and his presence, he's so much happier now. He's so much uh, like the guy that I think we've all come to kind of know over the years. He had been depressed, I think, not not clinically depressed, but very sad about where his golf game was. And he said he questioned, boy, I don't know if I've made the right choice here in doing all these uh, major swing changes. And the big things he was trying to work on were the strokes gained uh, approach the green his iron play he wanted it to be more consistent and if you look at where his stats are it's not a perfect comparison but uh, last year strokes gained approach the green he was 166th this year right now he is 26th Uh, same thing in in hitting greens in regulation he's 16th right now on the pga tour in greens in regulation and last year he was 180th so we know what a good putter he has been in the past he did say that working so much on 
His iron game took a little bit of a, w a wind out of the sails of his putting prowess, but that's starting to come back now. And so I think good things for Adam Hadwin. I think really he's got some, some you know, good feeling about where he is. He's happy. He's confident for the first time. He's not thinking golf swing. He's thinking get out there and play golf. And, you know, he found himself coming down the last two holes. He looked up at the leaderboard of the Players' Championship and saw he was one shot back. And he started to get a little bit uh, um, into the game, I guess. He sort of forced things a little bit because he hadn't been there in so long in contention. He said, of course, those last two swings or last two shot or last two holes, and it did take the wind out of his sails a little bit. But but I think he's a really happy guy, and I think when when he's confident like that, when the results are showing, when the hard work is is bearing fruit, then then I think look out for Adam Hadwin in the next little while. All right, big uh, opportunity this week, as I suggested at Corrales Pudicana Championship, the opposite field event on the PGA Tour that starts tomorrow. And the reason I call it a big opportunity for Team Canada is, A, we've got a bunch of players in the field. And B, Bob, the best players in the world, the, the, the strongest field right now on the planet is over in Austin, Texas, for the World Golf Championship match play. Uh, so, you know, maybe an opportunity for Canadian to get their name here in the winner's circle. We've got Adam Svensson, uh, Michael Glickick, uh, David Hearn in the field, Nick Taylor in the field, Roger Sloan playing this week as well. So was that five Canadians in the field in Punicana? Why not a victory? And if not a victory, but also an opportunity for some FedEx Cup points, big FedEx Cup points. Now, we're not giving away 500 or 550 or 600 like we saw to the winner at the Players' Championship. This is reduced because of its opposite field status. But this is still an opportunity to help yourself in that 125. Very much so. And you look at some of those Canadians we just mentioned, and they're all, you know, a lot of them are outside that number. So anything you can do can help you. I kind of have my eye on Adam Svensson, who has now Tim Taylor on the bag. That's Bryson DeChambeau's old caddy. He's put in some good work. He's shown some good rounds, not necessarily four good rounds. But I think he's ready to win, and this could be the, the kind of event where he does break through. And you mentioned not as much FedEx Cup points, but on the other side, you still get the two-year exemption on the PGA Tour. Uh, you still get a lot of benefits from a win at this kind of event. So a win is a win on the PGA Tour, and I'm sure any one of the five would dearly love it. I think the most, the one I would pick out of the five who has the best chance probably would be Svensson right now. I think you're right. I think he's the one that's kind of showed shown us the most um, in, in the sense that he's he's kind of had some key opportunities on Sundays, uh, and I think right now, uh, in, in terms of that crop of players right now in, in uh, Punicana, he's probably the best in form. And, of course, we can't talk about the Canadian golf scene, Bob, without touching on Brooke. Uh, we're getting ready for a major uh, on the LPGA. It's a big week. She's had good success in the event in the past. Um, next week, she's off this week, but that, that's a big one for her ne next week. And as we all wait for that next major, really, is what it's all about when we're talking Brooke Henderson. Great start to the season, four top 10s in five starts, and the one she didn't top 10 in, she finished tied for 11th. So that's pretty good performance. Her putting stats are outstanding. <laughs> she's averaging, uh, or I think she's in 24th place on, on putting. Right now on the LPGA Tour, their stats aren't quite as defined uh, as the, the men's are, but it's a pretty good indication that her putter is working well. The big thing, as we've talked about 
many times going into this season, you and I and Adam, uh, Mark, is that she's going to switch to this 46-inch driver. She's going to have to hold the driver at the end of the club as opposed to choking up on the 48-inch driver that she's done for basically her entire life. She has been working basically for a year since they knew this rule change was going to come. She said it was a struggle to try and find something. Um, she said more recently that I think she's gonna gonna go with it. She feels like she's got something that'll work, and it'll still be an adjustment period. But we'll see how much of an effect it has on her overall game. Next time you're chatting with her, Bob, because I know you you get the opportunity to talk with her uh, more often. Uh, find out what what's happening from an equipment standpoint with her. With that, if they I've from day one, I thought she might be a prime candidate to try one of the uh, counterbalance shafts, mm-hmm. where they actually add some uh, weight under the grip to the top of the handle uh, to, to simulate a, a similar feel to what she did with the choke down. I'm curious if she's trying it. Um, it to your point, uh, you know, first time out in competition. Something she's done her entire life. It's going to be tough for her. Well, uh, but she's so full of talent. It'll just be a matter of getting used to it, and I'm sure she'll be fine. Okay, on the other side, three dub winners, weird and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is that time. The good, the bad, the ugly. Winners, weird, and what? Three dub. And this week, Bob, the tea, sir, is yours. So so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, Mark. Well, my uh, winner this week is the calendar. Yes, it is that time of year. We are just (laughs) a few weeks away from the start of Augusta National. And the reason we know this is because if you go on to social media, uh, especially Instagram, and if you look up an account called Eureka Earth, they have a lot of these great spy satellite. Well, they're not spy satellite. They're satellite shots of the golf course. And you can see what's going on right down at Augusta National. And right now, the stands are back up. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Obviously, they don't put the stands up you know, months ahead. We know it's, it's getting close to, to the first tee time. But it's also the first time in a couple of years that we've had stands there because obviously the 20, again, in my years mixed up, 2020 November one didn't have any stands, and they didn't put any up last year as well to try and keep people uh, apart from each other. So it's back, good to see the stands back up. The other thing you can see here, are the changes they have made to the golf course since last year. Notably, two holes, the 11th and the 15th. The tee on the 15th hole is now back beside the 10th green, uh, which is a long way back or significant enough. I think they want to stop people from hitting those uh, wedges into that green. They've also contoured that fairway a little bit, which will be interesting to see. And then the 11th hole, the tee has gone back and left. The 11th hole, par 5, which is generally one 
of the top two most difficult holes on the golf course is now longer than the par 5 13th hole. So it's going to be a genuine beast out there as well. I don't know what, what you think of that, Mark. Those, the, I mean, it's, it's good that they're making this course tougher and tougher. Every year they seem to have a little bit of a tweak here and there just to challenge the players. Yeah, it's, it's what I find interesting. Well, first off, Bob, thank God the grandstands are back and, and we've got ourselves a normal Masters again. So that's that's wonderful news. Uh, but part two of this is it's I find it interesting. Now, now, I don't think there's a golf course on the planet that can tune up, tune up and set up how they want a tournament to play. So just because, as you know better than anybody, just because they're setting it up like this or have the opportunity to set up like this doesn't mean we'll see it for four days. So I kind of like it. I kind of like to say, hey, if we want to hold the guys back on a Thursday or a Friday, we can. If we want to set it up for Eagles and a Sunday Roar, uh, we can move them up. We can put the whole locations in spots. No tournament c- committee can dial it in like this. The one thing I do find interesting, though, Bob, to your point, I mean, 11 was already a beast, and they just made it beastier, if that's <laughs> such a word. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> but how about that How about that start, Bob, on 10 and 11? Like, well, come on. I mean, that those holes are brutal. That's tough, tough stuff. Uh, my weird this week is a, a weird situation going on with the first major of the year, which is next week, which is the Chevron Championship. People will probably know it more recently as the ANA Inspiration, or before that, the Nabisco Dinosaur is the first women's major of the year. And the number two ranked player in the world will not be in the field. Nelly Korda, who played so well the last couple of years, is out with a weird ailment, a blood clot uh, it was found in her arm, and that's a very serious thing, obviously. It's, uh, it's something you don't fool around with. So she missed this week's tournament uh, at Aviera, a place that uh, you and I have, been, have had triumphs on before, Mark, you in, in, uh, in the Weeksino teammate uh, competition. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, she's also skipping next week in the major, and you can understand why, but it is unusual to see a, such a prominent player who will be out of a major championship. This, this, is not, this, this one because of a legitimate reason, not because uh, they've gone on exile like Phil Nicholson. <laughs> and then my, my what this week is, we were talking about the release, and this was on TV, but you'll see, what we're talking about your favorite friends at the USGA and the RNA who have come out with an, some information about the distance debate, I guess you want to call it, and how they are planning, or one idea they have, to attack the distance debate, to reel in the golf ball. And that is through testing. They want to increase the speed that the club they use or the item they use to hit the ball to determine whether it's within the range of, of what it should be. If they increase that speed, they believe that if it would actually limit the players who swing the fastest, guys like Scully, and help you guys like you and me, we wouldn't, they, they're saying we wouldn't lose any distance we wouldn't lose any distance, but players at the PGA Tour level, let's say, would lose a little bit of distance. Now, it also requires a change in the makeup of golf balls, and they freely admit that essentially every golf ball that's out there in the market right now would be non-conforming. So I don't know where this is going to go. It's not, it's not a rule they've put in place. It's an idea they are presenting for feedback, and I can see that the feedback I know from one person in particular, my good friend Mark Sacchino, would probably not be that positive. Am I correct in that <laughs> assumption, Mark? Well, Bob, here's the problem. I, I, okay, I, I understand the challenges. I understand what they're trying to do. 
But when you when you get to that level where okay everything on the market is pretty much non-conforming, that's like that's where I have the problem. That's where it's like okay, well guys, you're p- trying to put the horses back in the barn again, which is historically what you do instead of getting ahead of it and putting n- uh, limits in place so that we can't go past certain points. You want to go in reverse. And again, how many times in the last I don't know four months? Never mind four months, Bob. How many times in the Florida swing did you and I in the Florida swing see a golf course protected by setup versus, and, and, and then at all of a sudden you'll eight under par wins or six under par wins and the distance debate goes away and you hear how hard the game is because the setup's correct for the best players in the world. I just don't like it. I, I think it's a non-factor. I think it's a complete waste of time. If they wanted to do something like saying, guys, we're, we're going to cap it here. We're going to find new ways of testing and we're going to limit it here. And maybe we're going to find a way of testing where it's a little bit more fair for the regular everyday guy, etc. Yada, yada. Great. But anything that puts the horses back in the barn, I, I'm, I'm over it and I'm done with it. Yeah. Well, uh, lots of talk, and uh, I think there'll be lots more talk before we see any action. But right now, speaking of action, it's your turn. The tea is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Uh, Bob, I love the, the caddy bibs at the Valspar with all the nicknames and all you know, you could put anything you want. Uh, there was some really interesting and fun stuff, but the winner goes to Scott Stallings. Uh, Scott Stallings caddy wore uh, kids play for free on the back of his caddy bib. And why? Because Scott, uh, along with the Tennessee Golf Foundation back in 2015, uh, started a, a charitable organization where he was trying to make golf just uh, more accessible to kids, period, and, and free to play and get clubs in kids' hands that normally would not be able to access the game. And I don't know if you saw some of these numbers, Bob, but 28,000 rounds of golf have been given away for free uh, to kids. They said they've introduced the game of golf to over 5,000 kids that normally would never touch a golf club. I mean, how cool is this? We talk about access. We talk about diversity. We talk about affordability. Uh, but this is somebody really doing something about it. I think it's a great program and good on Scott Stallings. It's something we need more of, obviously. Wouldn't it be great if we could uh, uh, do that and spread it out across this country and, and offer up a lot of free golf rounds? And hopefully Scott Stallings has sort of lit the fire here of what will become a big blaze. That would be an absolute wonderful achievement for the golf community. Okay, my weird this week, Bob, we've talked a lot about the Saudi Golf League and Phil, and unfortunately, I think it's going to be a theme throughout 2022. We're just not going to be able to, to avoid it. But, you know, the European Ryder Cup team was holding back the announcement of who their captain was going to be for 2023 in Rome. And this week it was released as Henrik Stenson. Now, listen, I don't find that a strange selection. I find the timing a little awkward. Uh, there, as you know, we've been talking about a list of players uh, floating around out there in the universe that are potentially associated with the Saudi Golf League. And Stenson's name's been on that list. Now, also Lee Westwood's name's been on that list. Justin Rose's name's been like, There's been a lot of names linked to this list. A lot of them older European tour players, you know, kind of past their prime that were also linked as potential Ryder Cup captains. 
So they were kind of holding up this announcement because you know we were under the impression that they were trying to avoid announcing a captain, and then that captain's name all of a sudden pops up on that list. So I find the whole thing awkward, and I'm curious. You know, have they vetted Stenson? Did they have the conversation? And Stenson has said, "Okay, I'm not going to be a part of this. You can, you know, you can announce me as the captain." Or are they, you know, going ahead anyway, and then we'll do some type of reactionary damage control? I don't know. Where do you think? A, are you? Do you think the timing's weird? And part two of this, Bob, is: Do you think they had the conversation with them? Do you think they are now, you know, confident that he's not part of this league? I think they would have had to get a pretty firm commitment from him that he is going to be a member of the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour just just for the, the sake of sanity here. I don't think they would they would even give him a sniff if he wasn't. So I think it, you know it did take a little longer than usual to make this announcement. So I think perhaps when all the other players like Dustin and Brooks and Bryson and guys that we thought might be moving over put in their uh, uh, strength of field for the for the PGA Tour, their commitment to the PGA Tour, I think that probably Stenson read the writing on the wall and said, I can probably do pretty well for as two years as the uh, Ryder Cup captain, and then if I want to move after that. But it would certainly, as you suggest, if that's not the case, then, boy, they're going to have a lot of egg on their face. And my what this week is, what a crop of rookies, Bob, right now. I mean, we talk about, you know, it's kind of a nice segue as, as these older guys are looking for a late-life money grab at, at all costs. And part of it is, man, is it hard to keep your PGA Tour card. I mean, to, to be in the top 125 gets harder and harder every year. And part of it is the crop of rookies, these young players are just so much more prepared, it seems, year in and year out than, say, a, a decade ago when, when, a, when a youngster got on tour. And, and maybe Tiger really changed this. But if you look at this year on the uh, current FedEx Cup points list, there's 27 rookies on the PGA Tour, 14 of them, Bob. 14 of them are inside the top 125 keeping their card. 11 of them have top five finishes, including Taylor Penrith of Canada at 63 on the FedEx Cup. He had the T5 at, uh, I believe it was Bermuda. He had a chance to actually win that golf tournament on Sunday in the final group. Cameron Young has just played brilliant. He leads the way 15th on the FedEx Cup points list. Sahith Thigala losing in a playoff. He's number 43 on the FedEx Cup points list he, he lost to scotty scheffler b- back at the wm phoenix open i mean these guys are unbelievable and they're not it's not easy to get starts either bob you know how hard it is coming off the corn ferry tour to even get in the field yet here they are inside the top 125 and the other part of that factor is if you're a new guy on the pga tour you haven't played the pga tour courses you fly in Monday, so let's say you get nine holes practice Monday, you get a look at the golf course again on Tuesday, you're not in the Pro-Am, and on Thursday you're teeing it up against a guy like, uh, you know, some veteran player like Dustin Johnson who might have 80 or 90 rounds on that course that you're playing. It's a hard, hard life. And on the other side, if there's 14 rookies inside, that means there's 14 veterans on the outside. So uh, it is definitely tough to keep your card unbelievable level of play and i think this only gets harder and deeper as as these young players just keep getting better okay on the other side we'll put a bow on today's show get you caught up on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. we'll get you caught up on any matches happening right now at the wgc uh, world match play in austin texas we'll get you caught up on the other side this is golf talk canada 
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's get you caught up on the WGC match play leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com for all your range finder needs. Let's take a look at the matches, Bob, that are live and in progress here through seven holes. Keegan Bradley and Jordan Spieth all square through seven. Adam Scott is one down through five holes to Justin Rose. Justin Thomas is two down to Luke List in group six through five holes. Upset brewing huge there. Luke List two up through five on Justin Thomas. And Kevin Kisner is two up through five holes on Mark Leishman, also in group six play. In group 14, Joaquin Neiman, Two down right now to Maverick McNeely. You want to talk about an early upset brewing there. There's another one. Joaquin Neiman down through four holes. Two down two through four to McNeely. All square, Kevin Knott, Russell Henley. That's early. And Straka and Hovland also, uh, that's early. Straka one up through two holes there on Hovland. Will Zalatoris leading Cameron Tringali. Lots and lots still to go. And we're just a couple of minutes away, actually, from Corey Connors teeing up. Uh, we are eight minutes out from Corey Connors playing Paul Casey. And then later this afternoon, Mackenzie Hughes plays against Dustin Johnson. Next week, we'll have official news on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Big announcement. This year, bigger than ever. Over 30000 in prizing. I'm at Casa de Campo. There's a reason I'm here. That announcement coming next week will tell you what you can win, how you can win, and how it all makes sense as it kicks off Masters Week. And Bob... Speaking of Masters Week, as we were on the air, we got our uh, we got some uh, information from uh, Jamie Rydell. The Masters wheel is moving. We're a couple of weeks away. We're already working on Masters material. You got to be excited for the first uh, men's major of the year. You know, it's it's uh, it's going to be my twenty eighth Masters, and I I can tell you that every year I'm excited. Every year I'm pumped to go down there. Uh, you're going to see some new stuff from TSN that we've got in the works this year in our coverage. Uh, I know you're going to be involved. I'm going to be involved. James Duffy, Graham Dillette will be back as our analyst. And uh, it's, um, it's exciting. It's fun. It's, it's that time of year. You know, it doesn't feel like it today outside in Toronto. I had a run this morning in the sleep. <laughs> but, but golf season is approaching. I really feel that we're, we're closing in on it. And uh, the Masters is that kind of bellwether 
moment that says, okay, once the Masters is here, the golf season can't be far away. Do you, do you have a, a Weston Golf Club opening day yet, Bob? Is it on the calendar? They don't, they don't project the opening day. They kind of do it by weather. And they, you know, we usually know three or four or five days ahead of time. But um, it's, uh, it's sort of like Christmas, isn't it? You're just, every day you get closer and closer and you want to just get, get there. Come on, get a Christmas Eve, get open. I'm not sure about, about how your course does it. Do they sort of set a day ahead of time or not? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, I I think there's a day on the calendar, but I think it's just there for the sake of being there. I, you know, obviously, if, the, if if spring comes early, it gets moved up, and if spring goes late, maybe it gets pushed back. But they right. have it there. But I think it's there just just for the sake of having one. I think it, it kind of operates the, the same way. Other than the obvious, Bob, with the Masters around the corner for you and I, uh, what's up this week for you? Well, actually, I'm doing like. What Adam ha- uh, what Adam Scully's been doing? I'm taking off for a little long weekend down in Florida uh, tomorrow. Coming back on Monday in time for uh, all our uh, fun and games for taping Golf Talk Canada television. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go down there and spend some time with some friends who I have down there and enjoy myself in the sun for a little bit. Awesome. Enjoy it, Bob. I hope you're bringing the sticks. I hope you get to play some golf and enjoy some sunshine and warmth regardless. Safe travels. I know you're off for radio next week, but I'll talk to you uh, for Golf Talk Canada television uh, next week. And uh, have a blast. Enjoy your week. Thanks, Mark. Bob Weeks off to Florida. We're back next week. It'll be Adam and I, Golf Talk Canada Radio Monday. And, of course, at 1 o'clock this afternoon, the Golf Talk Canada double header. Uh, join myself, Bob, and Adam, 1 p.m. Eastern on TSN2. For those of you listening on TSN 1050 this morning, Leafs Lunch coming up next. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.